Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. This is Season 2, Episode 1, Rocky Horror Picture Show. This episode is marked as explicit. Hello, everyone! Woo! I'm Andrew. <laughs> My name is Eric. And, and I'm Cole. Oh, do I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Today we're, we're joined by our special guest, Cole. Our special, special guest, Cole. He, You can find him on TikTok at JK. It's Cole. Actually, he is the most followed astrologer on TikTok. He's also very funny. He's also my very good friend who I do comedy with here in New York City. He's a funny girl. He, <laughs> funny loves, <cool. laughs> he loves to make people laugh and tell people about their birth charts and make them feel seen. Um, please welcome Cole. Hi. Hey. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Wait, Cole, your like follower count is like in the millions, isn't it? Yeah. So what's the number? Brag, brag, brag. Say it. Say brag, it. Brag, brag, brag. Humble brag. Humble brag. Uh, on TikTok, I have three. 3.4 million roughly followers <laughs> um and then wow. on instagram i've got just about uh 104,000 followers oh disgustingly low only 104,000 <laughs> i know right it's, it's so tragic i was like Damn, i'm embarrassed for you. Higher. <laughs> me too i'm kind of a kind of ashamed of that one. i have 2,000 on tiktok so i'm not to brag <laughs> <laughs> lowest one on this podcast <laughs> oh. okay first of all i'll let the audience know we are reviewing rocky Horror picture show that is what paul brought for us to talk about today yes. this is our special so halloween excited. episode uh which is really dope uh but also i'm just curious how like cole that journey how did you like get to that many followers or like when was your first like big break of like oh man people are paying attention yeah so i started creating content in april of 2020 so peak pandemic stuck at the home hate my job you know don't know what's <laughs> going on with the world i think we've all been there and i was really struggling to just sort of find a sense of happiness so when i started creating content it was pretty exclusively just for myself to laugh at myself um kind of just making an ass out of my myself and just doing all of those things that took me out of the context of what was going on in the world. And I noticed that people were talking about astrology on the internet, making little jokes and memes. And as someone who studied astrology since I've been about like 16 years old, so nine years now, I was like, wait, I am part of this community, but I didn't realize other people were part of this community because I grew up Catholic. Um, so astrology was a sin. <laughs> uh, they are somewhat incompatible in beliefs, Church. right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I kept it very private. But when I saw um, a whole lot of conversation going around about spirituality and how it's very esoteric and you know astrology-based now, I started putting my own you know two cents into the mix and i started off just by roasting people's big threes i said drop your big three and i'll roast it um and that's sort of what got me a lot of traction and then it was in january of 2021 where i hit a million uh followers and it just sort of like exponential growth from there um and it's kind of been a pretty steady like this is how i make my living right now um and it's oh really you're making money off it yeah yeah so i hey. <laughs> i have an a <laughs> i have an agency who represents me um <laughs> as of as of late um, and they help me with like brand deals and whatnot, but I also have my own business outside of it where I do natal chart readings, consultations, things of that nature, um, for individuals. So I, pro um, promote a lot of that, um, just through my TikTok and my Instagram. That's incredible. And, and we're recording this in 2022. So that's like in yes. two years you've managed to achieve all that growth. That is just mad respect. Yeah, it 
it's shocking every day. I just kind of sit there and I'm like, this is my life. I, I get to do this. <laughs> um, and I always say, as long as I can keep a roof over my head, feed my cat, then I'm happy. So it's going pretty well. Eric, I think what I is, cut you off. What were you going to say? I was going to ask Cole and actually everyone here in the room, just so I could hear what Cole's opinion is. What's your sign, Cole? I'll tell mine and then Andrew will tell his. Okay, well, I know yours. <laughs> I know your chart. Um, I'm a, do you want just my sun sign? Give your big three. Big three. Ooh, an educated girly. Uh, I'm a Gemini sun, Aries moon, Virgo rising. So I am the most uh, anal retentive, impulsive bitch you will ever meet, mm-hmm. as I like to say. I think, that's, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Well put, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and on and on point. You know <laughs> Makes <me>. sense, actually. <laughs> Very accurate. Um, wait, Andrew, do you know your big three? My son is Pisces. Oh, slay. Okay. So mine is, uh, my big three are Taurus, Sun, Aquarius, Moon, and an Aries rising. Um, <laughs> Wait, can I tell the, the one thing that that person said to you that one time about being an Aquarius moon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you talking about that? Well, yeah, say it, say it. <laughs> um, Eric once shared a funny joke to me that someone... <laughs> Someone had told him when they heard that he was an Aquarius moon. What was it? Have you ever felt an emotion ever? No, they were like, (laughs) I I, I go, I'm an Aquarius moon. She goes, oh, have you ever been happy in your life? That's what it is. That's what it is. (laughs) And I said, roll, read me, wrote me. (laughs) Wow. That's very, it is very Aquarius moon though. It's a very overthinky moon, overthinky type placement. Love that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Exposed on the pod. Exposed. Well, I'm glad our listeners are getting to know more about you, Eric. You've been the co-host for a long time. Now they get to know you've never felt that. No, they're really, now they're going to be like, whoa, I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, Taurus? No. Disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet. So let's talk about this movie. Okay, first of all, like, when was the first time you saw it and what was that like? So I was exposed to Rocky Horror when I was young. My mom was really progressive in the type of media that she let us watch and engage in. I think it's part of the testament to that is because she knew I was gay from, uh, oh, spoiler alert, I am gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, knew I was, she knew I was gay from a young age. And when we were talking about, and she knew I was in theater, um, it was a big theater girly back in the day. You, One of the conversations that always came up was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So when I first watched the movie, I was like, like in my teens, I had known that I was queer at that point. And for me, it was a really, really great experience because I think a lot of queer media, especially when our age group was growing up, was very like rainbow centric and very like, you know, stereotypical about what people viewed gay men to be. And for me, being someone who grew up a little bit more punk rock, a little bit more grunge, like listening to emo music and not like, you know, dyeing my hair black and red and just sort of, you know. You dyed your hair black and red? Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, Hot. Hot. Uh, I had like the I had the Bie- I I didn't have the Bieber swoop. I had like the, like the My Chemical Romance swoop. Wow, um, I was I was about to crash. <laughs> um, but I was that very like. I never felt as though when I watched queer media and queer representation that I was really seen, right? Or I could really see myself. So viewing Rocky Horror, it was a really beautiful moment and a very beautiful sort of thing for me because I felt as though it was the gateway to understanding that being queer didn't mean fitting into one sort of stereotype or one sort of box. It it meant that you can still love who you love, but express how you express. So it was really, really important for me and my personal exposure to see it, especially in my formative years as a gay man. That is so cool. That's awesome. And, and props to your mom, too. Yeah, she, like, loved her. She, we always talked about going to go see um, 
one of the like live performances because I think every city kind of does it um, or at least where I grew up in Cleveland one of the uh, bars close to downtown just one of the adjacent suburbs uh, had like a pretty regular showing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show we never got to do it but knowing you, that it was also have you I, I've it? never I've never seen it live. No, <laughs> I know. It's like, it's oh. like blasphemous because it's like probably my favorite, you know, piece of queer media, but I've yet to see it live and yet to experience it. Yet my mom would always talk about how like very, how everyone just got so into it. Right. And they would be like, like throwing food and, you know, singing along and just being so, so engaged, never had the, you know, perfect opportunity, right? You know, things would always come up or whatever it might be to go see it live. But knowing even that it's something that came out in the 70s and still had that cult following, right? And built that cult following now was something really inspiring for me to know that, you know, this isn't just a trend or a fad. This is something that has had a sense of longstanding, you know, impact, even if it didn't have the impact (laughs) when it first came out. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. Uh, Eric, how about you? When did you see this? I saw it. I didn't see it until I was like in college. Annoyingly, I didn't learn about the existence of this movie until I watched Perks of Being a Wallflower when they <laughs> do it in that movie. And I, I was, I watched Perks of Being a Wallflower. I'm like, what is this little movie that they're putting on? What's going on? Side note: <clears> We should <throat> do Perks of Being a Wallflower on the pod sometime. I forgot about that one. I love is that, that a, book. Can we call that a queer movie? Well, there's a. I don't, I don't know about the movie, but the book. There's like the whole subplot with the guy who's gay. It's yeah, that's like, a football player. Mm-hmm, that's oh, that's in the movie. like a huge right. thing. Yeah. yeah, that's like a big. That's a that's a huge plot point. That's like half the. Okay, <laughs> that's half the movie. I read <laughs> the book during the pandemic and blocked everything out. And <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen the movie. <laughs> you said trauma block. I said I cannot. <laughs> I can't do this. All right, um, we'll get back to perks. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you found I, out. That's how I found out about Rocky Horror, and I had like never heard anything else. But then I went to. I I went to it was like a pseudo like screening as well as like there were actors performing along with it like in yeah, college yeah, yeah. that was my first time experiencing it and it was so fun it was like the only thing I remember doing really in regards to like interacting was like throwing toilet paper we <laughs> threw other things there was a lot of like yelling during one specific song and then like <laughs> the act like the it was cool because like it was at an Alamo draft house and the waiters were like also the actors oh, and so they would be like chic. serving and then like a song would come on and they, like I, someone would be in the middle of like giving an order and then the actor would be like sorry and then they would go like, <laughs> <laughs> or like serving the food and just be like take it throw it at the table and then just go to dance um, <laughs> um no it was awesome um and it's like i'm like i have to have time more play at my wedding like that was the most fun i've ever what? had like, oh my gosh <laughs> it was such a fun dance to do with like everyone in the theater like we were all like up out of our seats like dancing around the whole theater it was so fun oh that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, my first time seeing it was also one of those at an Alamo Draft House, one of those yeah. shadow cast performances where the. Also, by the way, fun fact: our friend Shannon Sofar, whose wedding I was just at this weekend, um, she uh, one time was in the shadow cast as the girl who's like, "I was walking down the street just to ah! have a Columbia, <laughs> yeah, the best." <laughs> love, love her. So every time I listen to Time Warp, I think of her. Um, but yeah, so I went, um, it was cool because I had first heard about this show from my dad because he watched it growing up with his friends. 
And so then like when I saw it as a group gathering with uh, the Gold Stars soccer team, which is the gay team in Austin or is the gay team in Austin. Uh, I think my friend Emmanuel organized it. <laughs> the name. <laughs> What's the name again? Gold Stars. <laughs> uh, got it. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great team name. Are we all, uh, are we all Gold Stars? I am, yes. Gold Star? Are you a Gold Star? I thought you laughed about it because you knew. Yeah, I'm a gold star. I No, I just laughed at the name because I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> Wait, what's a gold star? Gold star is like you've never been with a woman, right? Yeah, you've never had sex with a woman. I thought oh. it was. I thought it was also you've never been born. Um, that's like that's 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 platinum diva or like or diamond or something. Oh, like like you're like if you're a Syrian gay man who's never been with a woman, you're platinum. You're like you're like one level higher than gold star. Congratulations. Okay, well I'm gold star. Have you been with a woman? I'm uh, sorry, that's just surreal. <laughs> no, but it's uh, like it's always been a fantasy of mine. Oh, that's beautiful. Really? Yeah, but you're gold star. Yeah, from like. <laughs> This is okay. Okay, you're bi. <laughs> I would say I, I like. I would say I'm like bi curious. I think I like the. Um, oh, I was just talking to my best friend about this on our drive to Jacksonville. I don't think I would be turned on by being with a woman, but I would be turned on by knowing that I could accomplish turning on a woman. If that makes sense. Uh, okay. Okay. Like like, like I'm, I'm like hey I'm a pleaser in bed right. So, <laughs> you just like you just like having power. Not even, yeah, I guess, sure, if that's the way you want to put it. It is. But it wouldn't be from the sense of like, I'm in control. It's like, yeah, I'm making this person feel really, really good. That's how. I I do think it's funny that for the rest of the world, like a man getting with a woman, like that's a very just heteronormative, like, like, you know, normal thing. But as a gay man, getting with a woman would actually be more sexually deviant. (laughs) It really is. I I sell that to some of my gay friends. They're like, (gasps) and I'm like, what? You've never considered or thought about just me? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so and they're like no i'm gay <laughs> for me sorry, admit, i created that tangent sorry <laughs> no that's good for me seeing this movie was like first of all the, the movie was a blast like i couldn't really understand what was going on because if you see it with the shadow cast it's really just chaos um yeah. but i just like left with such a vibe of oh that was so much fun and I, like i felt connected to my dad like it's like oh i got to experience something that he experienced when he was younger and it was also really cool because it is like a very queer film so to think like oh like my straight dad and all his straight friends were also enjoying this like and it came out in the 70s that's that's wild yeah. you know we, we always talk about will and grace and this was like decades or at least a decade before uh 1977 uh, will and grace was 1998 sorry 1975 um and just to talk more about like the the context of when this came out this it was the 70s right so it was a really interesting yeah. time this is at a time when a lot of the world is feeling or a lot of america is feeling disenfranchised with the government because of the failures of the war and you have this big hippie movement. And so there's this really just like big push against everything you've been taught to be like, you know, a straight upstanding, follow all the rules citizen. And people are starting to like, be like, wait, no, we can be ourselves. And like, we don't have to listen to these made up rules. And so I think this is a big part of that. And, you know, I was talking to my parents about the fact that we're going to do this episode. And if, if you're, if you're cool with your parents and they're cool with gay stuff, I encourage you like listeners to have, a conversation and just pick their brains about like what the queer media was like when they grew up. Cause I learned a lot of interesting things. Um, Cause I always, I always thought like Will and Grace was just the conception of, of modern queer media. But uh, apparently there was a sitcom called soap that came out in 1977 that had a gay character, Jody Dallas. Uh, and then this was really cool. I don't know if you guys have heard this song. Uh, there's a song called Lola and it's all about this guy who like meets this, 
uh, basically. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. yes. You know Lola? Sorry. Yes, yes. It just like uh, I was, I was like Lola, Lola. I was, I was like, oh my god, yeah. It's like about this guy who meets a gorgeous woman, but the gorgeous woman is actually a man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like honestly, my parents played it for me, and I like started to tear up, and which, and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. It just like affected me emotionally to like think of this song that came out that long ago, kind of like because it's a pretty positive like message. Also, it's a good song, but like it ends with him being like, you know. I'm a man. I know I'm a man, but I'm also uh, like in love with this person named Lola, who also is a man. It's like kind of him having that like realization. I don't know. It's really cool. And it's like very positive. Uh, yeah. And I think that's one of the best parts about a film, like like even what I touched on when I talked about how I first saw it, like that sort of really punk grungy, um, like it was so rebellious. I think even for the seventies, it, w- it was kind of like, whoa, whoa, we're all dabbling in something a little weird, but this, this, this is, <laughs> out there um and i think that was is why it has such a cult following now is because there is a huge um sense of like political discourse that can be interpreted from it and just sort of societal discourse that can be interpreted from it. it's like to have that sense of power and that confidence to produce this and having like huge names like you know like huge names now that like people that we know and respect um oh gosh we literally just look at Susan Sarandon Tim Curry (laughs) Susan Sarandon Tim Curry like big names right people who this was pretty much at the beginning of their career which if you look at the reviews probably should have tanked them right (laughs) they don't have any sort of opportunity like the reviews when it first came out you know no opportunity to still perform or be respected but guess what they are still working right and still yeah. respected yeah and especially names. yeah household names right even though <laughs> forgot susan sarandon sorry <laughs> susan if you ever hear this love you you're an icon uh great come on the pod please. come on the susan. pod please <laughs> <laughs> I love you. uh yeah. I, I think it it just holds a lot of that that sort of like power of what that era meant in terms of a turning point for uh you know for culture right and queer culture in particular yeah this uh the movie came out it got panned like people hated it at first and then it started generating this cult following and especially these uh these shadow cast shows where they would like perform along with the screening um started happening in the waverly theater in new york and then that's kind of like grew from there um we're doing things a little out of order today because i forgot to ask this but uh cole we have a question that we always like to ask on the pod to kind of check in with everyone and so uh, the question is, what is the gayest thing you've done this week? And if you want time to think, we can go first. Uh, yeah, you guys go first, because I have to think of a, a PG-13 answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll start with mine. Uh, I went to a straight wedding this weekend, so it was a very straight weekend, except for, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, it was Shannon Sofar's wedding. It was very fun. And at some point, um, like everyone was kind of taking a break from the dance floor. And, but then they played Toxic by Britney Spears. And girl, I was <laughs> summoned. I like, I ran up to the dance floor. You were born <laughs> again. Like you literally like, oh, crazy. Cause I'm wearing a free Britney shirt. Hey, let's go. <laughs> I love You're, like Britney. levitated there. <laughs> yeah, I am a millennial gay man. Britney <clears throat> is my, mm. so yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pulled by my, my soul to the dance floor. And then uh, Shannon was there too, and we just like tore up a rug. Like we we danced so hard and just like lived in that moment, and it was very fun and very gay. Probably would not have been appropriate if I wasn't gay because I was like you know literally like dancing one on one with the bride, and it was but it was awesome. <laughs> 
Valid, valid. Beautiful. Uh, I would say the gayest thing I've done this week. I went upstate this weekend, <laughs> brag, and went <laughs> and picked apples with some friends. That was really fun. But I would say the gay aspect of that one, like going upstate and yearning, a very gay uh, <laughs> thing that I tend to do often. Not yeah. just like going upstate. I wish I went up there all the time, but yearning, that's a very gay thing. And I could. That's queer coded. That's yeah. queer coded. Could do a whole thesis I, I on that to, one. I, I, Eric's like gayest thing is always just like some aesthetic experience he was part of. Like, <laughs> Just his something first, very like moody. His first one was looking out a window. <laughs> was that my very first one? I think so. You're like, I looked out a window. <laughs> yeah, yearning. Yearning. <laughs> that's yearning. That's that's gay. Sorry, babe. Yearning is gay. <laughs> um, and but the gayest thing about that was as I was like, we were driving through like countryside, so like we saw a lot of like autumn. So you were colors. looking out a window. Again. I was looking out a window, but <laughs> we were listening to a lot of One Direction, and I started crying. <laughs> I was having. An emotional experience because I had not listened to One Direction since high school, really. <laughs> and it was a lovely time. And so what? If that's if, when, if when you did you start that's crying? Gay, fine. When did you start like, crying? Oh, when they were singing um Last First Kiss by One Direction. <laughs> God, I sobbed. That's a really good song, <laughs> listeners. Listen to One Direction. <laughs> Um, the gayest thing that I've done this week is I went to a Taylor Swift mm. listening party hosted by um, a drag queen and a lesbian woman. So oh, that's sick. pretty gay. <laughs> For midnights. How, how was that? It was fun. I, I'm going to be honest. There was a point where I said, I don't, I woke up the next day. I said, okay, I did not hear a single bit of that album. Truthfully. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm just going to have to listen to it now. But the drag performances were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the drag performances were I, I remember that. That was real good. <laughs> also, I like I, I guess I like ordered more drinks than I thought I did. Um I thought I only bought like one seltzer, which <laughs> what smelled like an armpit. Oh, the seltzers smelled awful. Awful. But they tasted great. They tasted great. Smelled heinous. And then I thought I only bought myself a tequila soda and then I had like three charges on my credit card. I said, Oh my god, okay. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> That's very gay. <laughs> yeah, very, very gay. <laughs> All right. On that note, are you guys ready to watch? This movie? Woo! Yes, so excited. Can't wait. All right, let's go watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Woo! Show. At this point, we watch Rocky Horror. Brad and Janet, a recently engaged couple, stumble upon a castle for help when their car breaks down. A greeter named Riff Raff introduces them to a weird cast of characters dancing the Time Warp Dance in honor of Dr. Frankenfurter, an eccentric genderqueer man who has just built a living sex doll named Rocky. The couple is separated into separate rooms for the night, and Dr. Frankenfurter sneaks into their beds. They each protest initially, but then consent to sleep with him. When Janet later sleeps with Rocky, Dr. Frankenfurter turns everyone into mind-controlled sensual zombies until finally Riff Raff kills him and transports the castle to another dimension, leaving the couple. So, what did y'all think? Love it. Iconic, legendary, the moment, punk rock, tasteful, delicious, all of it, sexy, hot, <laughs> orgasmic. <laughs> Let's do the time of again. That's what I that thought. That song <laughs> is so good. That song goes off. Okay, wait, um, am I, are we at the part where I can, like, give a spoiler? Yeah, 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 now we're talking about okay. the whole thing. Thank no. God. I think it is so heinous that in the um, the recording of it, not like the movie, they cut out the tap break that Columbia does in uh, Time Warp. Yeah, you're right. Like, you get the you all get the moment where she's like, woo! <laughs> tap, tap, tap. 
Jack. Like that would have been so iconic to still keep in the recording, but they cut it out and it removes like 30 seconds of iconic energy from like the recording. So <laughs> that's my one qualm with the, you know, the show as a whole. Cancel the movie. Cancel, cancel the, movie. the movie's canceled. <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> I think like the biggest thing that stood out to me that I like forgot about is how much I like Dr. Frankenfurter's song. Um, yeah. Although it does mm-hmm. contain a word that is, uh, I think we no longer use, right? Yes. Yeah. Outdated, outdated lingo. However, really good song. Is it the one at the end? No, the, no, the one. No. Oh, so, no, the main one. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, the first one, the introduction yeah. song. Got it. So for what I Googled, like, transvestite is not offensive. It's just outdated. But I think transsexual is, like, a word that we're like, mm, that's that. They don't like, like, people don't uh, like that word. That's not. Uh, mm, yeah. So, but the song itself is, like, still rules. <laughs> well, and Iconic Energy, when they did the, I wasn't sure if you were aware of this, um, girlies on the pod. They did a reboot of it in 2016, and um, Laverne Cox played uh, Dr. Frankenfurter. What? And, and, and don't forget Victoria Justice. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Victoria, Janet? Yeah, Victoria Justice Beautiful. was Janet. <laughs> um, yeah, they did a, they did like a, a and Adam Lambert was um, Eddie, um, who is the Hot Patootie song. Um, yeah, they did a whole re- reboot. This was this was my big bomb to drop, where I was like, I bet they didn't know this. They I did not. Adam Lambert lore. played Eddie in a Rocky Horror Picture Show reboot? That is what? Yeah, yeah iconic. It was um, it was fine. I'm oh, wait, just, is I'm gonna be... Laverne's the one from um, Orange is the New Black? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh, so next they had a trans woman play the role. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, go off. That's sick. Yeah, All back right. in 2016, they said, let's reboot the franchise. And it's a shame that it did bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it, you know what? It kind of got the same reception that the original movie got um, when it came oh, wow. out. Well, I was actually thinking like this, there is enough about this that I really like that I feel like it could like really benefit from a, a reboot. But I think in a modern retelling, there are some stuff that watching this with a modern eye, like kind of felt cringy. Um, just like <laughs> what? D- yeah, there definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you like, like pretends to be their lover and like climbs into bed with them. It's like, whoa, this is like put really like making me uncomfortable. Yeah. It's um I'll be vulnerable <laughs> in this moment. Be vulnerable. <laughs> I'm gonna be vulnerable. Um it is like there's also something like weirdly enticing about it and i don't mean that in like a tasteless way it's like i think the the taboo like because the movie is so taboo um and especially for the time a lot of things of course like slept through the cracks and there's something very intriguing about that sort of like it kind of gave like bathhouse vibes if that makes sense Mm. like those those scenes give like like bathhouse vibes of like oh there's like a sense of animity here and like this wasn't what i was expecting but i'm realizing i'm into it like and I think that's though framed through a context as a, of a modern eye of like, ooh, not good. We should not condone that. The I think the underlying tone of what they were going for was this is a moment of realizing, hey, you can't be so much of a prude and still think that you like what you like, right? This is like, it was a big sexual awakening moment for both of them, which I think yeah. is always the context that I looked at it, um, you know, <laughs> in the more- Definitely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, you just need to tweak like a couple things to like, but also you see what they're going for because like the character is supposed to be a villain, kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I don't know, sense. like, yeah, I, I guess technically a villain, but I never got that. I, I, I get, like, that's, like... <laughs> I, okay, we well, got bad he, vibes. He does <laughs> kill a man. <laughs> you know, but... 
it's a part of it felt a little bit justified. But Tim Curry's hot. <laughs> but Tim Curry's hot. They can right. do whatever what they do, want. Right? You know, <laughs> Army Hammer, he's hot. He might eat people. He can eat people and it's fun. Your Honor, Your Honor, my client, um, in defense, my client is hot. <laughs> Yeah, my client is sexy and um, what some of the kids say, uh, gorgeous. And Granted. It's like, it like overruled. Done. <laughs> Done. Done. I don't know judicial terms. Do you think I do? <laughs> me, me looking for advice. Do you know things about the law? Just because I wear glasses doesn't mean I'm smart. <laughs> oh my God, I was gooped. I forgot that he like gives a... Okay, we're, this is going to be an explicit episode because there's no way I'd regret around this. Sorry, uh, mom and dad. He gets... Uh, Dr. Frankenfurter gives Brad a blowjob. I forgot yeah. that Brad fully on consents to that. He's like, okay, as long as you don't tell my wife, like, or my fiance. It's like, and isn't that such an interesting thing? Because that is something that is so common, right? Like, uh, I mean, even if you think about it, right, you know, from a political sort of context, trans women in like the 80s and 90s were working the corner, so to say, right, you know, mm-hmm. selling their bodies to straight men in the closets where it was very taboo, very hidden. But it was that sense of like, you know, don't don't talk about this. And there was one, a huge sense of danger for the women at that time for, you know, even acting upon this. But even if a whisper or anything got to come out, it would like, you know, revert against them. But then there's this weird sense of I don't like the, the weird sense of like acceptance and embracing it from Brad's side and like he and Janet having that moment of like, oh my God, wait. They <laughs> both, both cheat on each other we with both, him. We both cheated on time. each other with him. And ah! Janet, you just went and had sex with the human sex doll. And <laughs> like that whole moment, that whole scene where they're like, Rocky, Janet, Brad, Rock, like like that, like that whole back and forth. Like, and then I I when I was um a kid i i first had seen that scene in um in shrek like shrek does a parody of that um <laughs> i forget do. which I, they do where it's uh it's the second movie when the they're having the family dinner and like the dad and shrek are fighting and like they're like shrek dad fiona dad mom and then at the end donkey goes donkey and then like the the pig falls back on the table anyway little tangent um but there's that moment of like realization that whoa we've both crossed the line we've both been deviant but they still stay together at the end which i think is an interesting sort of context of the fluidity of relationships and how relationships can still like you know have those peaks and valleys and ebbs and flows whatever you want to call it but have that understanding at the end of it right it's it's weird the level of crossing the line but then consenting to the line being crossed and you know being upset or wanting to keep it behind closed doors but the curtain being open the whole time it's very in my opinion it's a very fascinating film and it's a very fascinating commentary just on sex and relationships i also do need to point out that this (laughs) it almost feels silly to do critical analysis on this film because the script is bonkers it's like very (laughs) farcical (laughs) it is camp like and also it constantly contradicts itself it is interesting that we're making a commentary on it given how farcical and it was literally written as a parody parody, yeah. yeah it was written as a parody for like the horror movies in like the the 30s to the 60s so to have a critical analysis of it is in itself camp (laughs) <laughs> because we're doing camp movie, right now right this is the, we are staring camp what is it looking camp right in looking the eye. camp right looking in the camp eye. Right. Right always in camp this podcast is always camp. I think. <laughs> uh it, so it's it's interesting even in that regard where you can look at it from a critical very you know 
hyper intense, whatever, like movie review type lens. But at the end of the day, it is so farcical and it is dripping with satire and irony, um, but also interwoven with important topics that need to be talked about and should be discussed more openly, I think. So it's, it's, it's camp. <laughs> it, just, it is so camp. Can't help it. <laughs> what did you think of the movie, Eric? I loved it. I loved, like, especially <laughs> watching it through... Stop laughing at me. <laughs> We're supporting uh, you. Wait, please deliver the rest of your review in that accent. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I loved watching it um, growing up and so, like, watching it now and like going through like the special memories of like having seen it live was really lovely um and i just loved how goofy it was and it got me excited for the like sort of like queer movies that are coming out now that are probably tanking but will be cult classics like it gave me it, like it made <laughs> yeah, me think like, about like, like gbf yeah oh that's gonna be cold classic. <laughs> that is a, listen i love gbf i can't wait for us to do that but you'll be on for yes. that i cannot yes. wait for us to do that but I, it just got me excited about the idea of cult classics and how, like, I personally, like, I think cult classics is kind of like a queer ideology in some kind of way. Like, yeah. I feel like queer people really spearhead, like, making a cult classic just because, like, <laughs> there's, like, it's just this whole idea of, like, a movie that really did bad, like, on, like, a broader sense. But, like, there's such a, a large amount of people who love it in, like, such a weird niche way. And to me, that's, like, queerness. That's homosexuality. Like, that is, like, those are, like, in that Venn diagram, it's a circle. Um, and... No, this movie was just fun, and I'll say it. Like, we were talking about, like, the blowjob scene between Frankenverter and Brad. They did such a cool thing with lighting during that scene. Mm. Also, Cole mm. was, like, getting me dinner, and I was, like, that scene was playing on the screen. And I was, like, the scene's hot. It's <laughs> 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 like, in a sense of, like, taking everything out of context and being, like, looking at these two people together, I was like, this is a hot scene. Um, yeah. It was fun, bonkers. It is because I literally like was watching it and I was like texting Cole and Eric. I was like, oh my God, this script. The moment I texted y'all is when the guy in the wheelchair is brought up and he crashes through the brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that like iconic? Movie? What yeah. is this movie? I love the guy in the like in the wheelchair at the end when he's got like the sexy legs and the oh heel. My God. And, he, and he just like picks his leg up and he's like, <laughs> oh. And it's like, girl, you're giving. <laughs> oh, my favorite. Okay. I love the whole movie, but the full on lip sync for your life at the beginning when it's just the lips <laughs> just the lips. Oh, introducing the story introducing the story yeah. yeah i think that like that is like i think when people visualize rocky horror is one of the things that they visualize is just the lips the, the lips hello <laughs> <laughs> brad's a fun queer protagonist yeah like that's yeah. wild you know that's insane yeah. yeah susan sarandon gay icon susan sarandon people sexy in that movie you not to objectify a woman, but she's hot. She's like really, really hot in that, like really hot in that movie. And I'm like, all right, you know, it is not to. <laughs> I was saying not to objectify everyone in that movie, but everyone in that movie is hot. Everyone in that movie is hot. Actually, everyone in that movie is hot. You know, and I am gonna say that uh, to objectify. And them. I'm objectifying. Them. I'm objectifying them in this moment. Actually, they're all very sexy. <laughs> this movie is so sexual, just constantly. There's so much. Yeah. It's so wild because actually, it's they don't show any nudity. Like everyone always has no. at least their garments covered. Or it's like a statue nudity, you know, but like for what they don't show, God, is this movie just full of sexual tension and energy? Like, wow. It's like, it's like, it's like kind of, um, 
you know, right before Skinamax, like HBO, like the naughty stuff comes on. It's like it just it's like this would be aired right between, you know, um, <laughs> you know, cheaper by the dozen and then Rocky Horror. And then you get like the HMO, like HBO, like really naughty <laughs> stuff. That's how I imagine yeah. it, piecing together. At one point, um, the uh, oh, God, what's the Frankenstein's name? The guy he creates. Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in the name. (laughs) The the, the namesake. (laughs) Um, Like, Rocky is, like, passed out on the bed in nothing but his golden underwear, butt up, and the camera angles, like, right on his butt. Like, the... the character that you said you'd want to play if you're ever in this what's his name oh riff raff riff raff is like sneaking up on him i'm like this scene is literatica (laughs) (laughs) and it's like okay i i will say if there's ever a reboot hi um if you guys are doing another reboot anytime soon anyone who's listening if you need someone to play riff raff i i i I, i'm your guy i will (laughs) i will shave my head i will wear a, a scrappy little wig piece whatever it might be but i will turn the shit out of the time warp number please you best believe that number Ooh, when he goes from grungy like i'm a smoker to like like like, oh like the scream rock and roll punk rock oh love that it's just like there's just and i think there's a level of passion in the whole movie and just the whole thing that is just like really beautiful right you can tell that they all went for it right and i think that's why it's such an impactful movie is because you can't be coy when you're in rocky horror right you gotta go for it Mm -hmm. and you gotta go you know balls to the walls pun intended so let's talk about the writing because we always like to talk about like do we think there was enough representation in the writer's room for the topics they were (laughs) mentioning now for something this dated it almost seems like a silly question but i'll ask y'all do you think uh that they were queer people uh in the writer's room you know i feel like there had to have been at least one but i also feel as though there's probably a couple like staunch conservatives Mm. in the writer room as well (laughs) like someone yeah (laughs) i feel like to make something this iconic there had to be yeah like there there had to be like very polarizing energy in that writer's room because there is that you know like I mean, in some sense, yeah, Dr. Frankenforder is in some ways like a tasteless expression of a queer person, um, you know, being that very like evil villain. But then you have that really expressive, you know, queer taboo, like, whoa, unapologetic. So, yeah, I think there was a, a weird I, I would like to be in that room. <laughs> 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 yeah, I I really thought I was like, oh, this is just a bunch of straight guys who are horny and on drugs. And like, I was like, these were queer adjacent people, but not queer. But so then I read, so the uh, the play, uh, the stage performance was written by Richard O'Brien. And then the screenplay was rich, wrote, uh, that was based on the play was writ- written by Richard O'Brien and Jim Sharman. Jim Sharman was the director. Jim Sharman, as far as I can tell, is straight. There's nothing that, you know, says he's anything queer or anything. But Richard O'Brien, listen to this. So, in 2009 interview, O'Brien spoke about an ongoing struggle to reconcile cultural gender roles and described himself as transgender or of a third gender. Um, and basically say he views himself as 70% male and 30% female. Uh, so, that's really cool. It's, like, actually written by someone who was, like, figuring out their own gender expression. And I think that kind of comes across. Like, also, Tim Curry, from what I know, is straight, right? Yeah. But, oh my god, does he kill this role? Like, I... Fully embraces the who, feminine side, yeah. I know gay men who act exactly like that. Like, I was like, I feel like I'm watching Matthew Lydon right now. <laughs> we love you, Matthew. <laughs> we love you, Matthew. Um, sorry, that was an insider bit for those of us who know our friend. Um, 
but uh yeah he does a great job uh apparently and this tracks to o'brien has like also said controversial stuff like at one point he said that transgender women are not real women uh so Mm. not exactly an icon of not like we're saying we don't agree with all the actions around this movie we don't agree with all the actions and then like he apologized but then like continued to say problematic things He's like, as long as I'm happy and fulfilled, I applaud like anyone trying to take that step of changing. Um, but you can't ever become a natural woman. I'm like, oh, you were so close to saying something. <laughs> like you're like you're like you're like right there. But I think that's what the movie does as well. It's like it's right there on being yeah. like this is like whoa. But then you know you look at the stuff of the pretending to be you know Janet and or Brad right in the sexual assault, and you look at the emotional manipulation Stockholm syndrome where it's like you were so close. You almost <laughs> you almost got it right. Um, but then again, right? It's at you know at, at least it's you know a little bit queer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows. Well, at the end of the day, this movie is just like a really silly, nonsensical rap. The way I would describe it is all vibes, no plot. <laughs> all vibes. Well, I, I, I don't know if uh, this is just me, but I think we can agree that the music hits. The yes. music is yeah. like, I think that's really, if you take away all of like the plot and you just listen to the music, wow. Yeah. The music yeah. is what's carrying this movie. I think. Yeah, it really exactly. is. Like, well, aside from the music, there's actually, it's just like, <laughs> it's like, there's a great song and then gibberish. Great song, gibberish. Great song, gi- like, like, that's kind of how it goes. Why else would we have like live shadow cast performances of this show other than that the music is incredible and we can all agree on that? And the costumes. Like, the yeah. whole yeah. look of it is so, like, curated. And, um, you know, the, the they say, like, the person who worked on the costume for this claims that, like, they, they influenced the punk rock aesthetic, which I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I will make one final comment on going back to the perks of being a wallflower thing. Um, when they do that performance of it in that movie, who is the Ezra in that movie? That the actor it's Ezra Miller or Ezra Koenig? It's one of them. It's I think it's Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller in the movie. He is problematic, no, but seeing that <laughs> seeing him as Frankenfurter in that movie. Hot. Sexual awakening. Sexual awakening, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cool. It's a sin that you haven't seen the like I feel like this movie is only meant to be seen now in that format of with like, the shadow. We'll go, we'll go. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go. We'll we'll go. go. There we'll is go. constant like yelling. There's like it's like going to a master pancake show, but the entire audience has memorized all the jokes like Absolutely. and then everyone says them out loud and you really cannot tell like what's going on um and you're throwing stuff and it's it's like really just a party and like the movie is also there uh but <laughs> that's a that's a great way to the movie is also there <laughs> <laughs> like your taylor swift party um, yeah me and the taylor swift listening party Literally. taylor swift's there <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like fantastic and cool that this so many straight people did partake in this that like yeah. people were like yeah even though there's like uh, the protagonist of this movie accepts a blowjob. We're all going to, uh, from a guy, um, we're all going to go in and watch this and like have fun. And like, there's something so like metal about that kind of like, yeah. and like what we're told we're not allowed to support and stuff like that. And I think it was a really safe 
I mean, truthfully, I think it was a really safe way for straight people to even indulge in their own, like, you know, sexual curiosities, yeah, right? It's like, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, I think it, it's very voyeuristic in that sense, right? Where it's like, I don't do this in my life and I'm still, cause during the seventies, I mean, I even know my mom and where she grew up. I mean, cause we grew up in the same town and like, you know, how she was raised, but knowing that she was a part of it, I'm like, yeah, Nikki was definitely indulging in rock, Rocky horror to satisfy possibly even those own senses of curiosity of like what else is out there. <laughs> <laughs> right without having to right be a part of it well we are almost out of time cole do you have anything that you want to promote we've already talked about your tiktok at jk it's cole that's also your instagram um any anything else yeah um uh, i've i've uh yes <laughs> um i think anything else that i want to purport uh promote i would like to promote just being a good person uh please support your uh your trans brothers and sisters please support you know all of the jewish people in your lives because there's a lot of really hateful rhetoric going on right now mm. and the best thing that we can do is make sure that we use our voices to uplift support and protect those who are kind of being attacked so if you can do even the least of just sharing and calling out people who aren't being good people like that's <laughs> that's all that i would like to promote at this point is just really really pushing as much as we can for equality and safety of those people that we love beautifully said thank you so much any any other final thoughts from everyone eric want to give us another acrostic poem of your final thoughts on this movie? final thoughts of rocky horror picture show queer fine music good hot sexy <laughs> underwear no <laughs> full nudity <laughs> fun for the whole family <laughs> fun for the whole family <laughs> all right thank you listeners so much and thank you again cole for being here and until next time Woo, bye, bye. bye. Gay, 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 gay. <laughs>